0: Welcome to the 2nd Students West podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's message is the start of a brand new collection of talks called Humble Beast. Hope you enjoy the message. So 1 Peter 5 says this, Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another, for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you. I wanna ask you guys a question. Who is the most prideful person that you know? I literally just watched some of you like turn to the person next to you. Like your head turned too quick. Like that's rude, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be honest with you. You, you turn too quick. Um, as soon as I say pride, some of you already have an idea in your mind. Like whether that's an athlete or a celebrity or maybe you go to school with that person or maybe you're sitting next to that person. Um, Here's here's the thing about pride. Pride is like one of the most off-putting qualities that I think anybody can have. And on the opposite side of that, humility is one of the most attractive qualities that that we can have. And over the next several weeks, that's what we're going to talk about. Because God has called us, students, God has called you and he's called me to live humble lives. And that's how we honor him. And so that's what we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks. And I'm excited So I want you to keep coming. Uh, When we were thinking about this series and and, uh, kind of what we wanted to talk about, my mind was instantly drew to a lion. Um, i got to ask you a question. Does anybody watch National Geographic or, like, Animal Planet? Like, okay. More than I thought. Does anybody watch Planet Earth? Okay, so my wife makes fun of me because, like, after I've watched The Office a thousand times on Netflix... Um, or the dumb things I watch. Like, my recently watched on Netflix is really weird. Anybody with me? My, my, my recently watched, like, she'll come home, and I'll just be watching Planet Earth, and she doesn't understand why I think it's interesting. Um, here's what I, I love about Planet Earth. I think it's all great and, and fascinating or whatever, but the thing I love is when, like, the British guy is talking, he's like, the unsuspecting zebra <laughs> on the plane does not see the lioness creeping up. And then, like, the chase starts, and, like, the music starts, and then, like, the thing just mauls the other thing, and some of you are like, that's so sad, poor Bambi. And I'm like, that's awesome. (laughs) It devours the thing. That's my favorite part of planet Earth. (laughs) Or some of you, some of you are like the person, like, you go on YouTube, and, like, I don't know what you watch on YouTube, but, like, I don't know if you go on there, like, for Fortnite videos, but, like, and then it has like the, the, after you've watched the video, it has like suggested videos after that. You guys know what I'm talking about? It has like suggested videos, which are all really weird. And, and then like, it will say like, lion chases zebra. And you're like, yeah, sure, I'll watch that. And then like three hours later, you've watched half a season on planet Earth. <laughs> Anybody with me? Okay, cool. I'm not the only one. So here's the thing that's interesting about the lion. Um, I, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but like the lion doesn't have to like announce himself. He doesn't have to, like, tell the zebra, like, hey, um, hey, Mr. Zebra, I'm just going to let you know. Um, I'm kind of a big deal, and uh, I'm going to eat you, if that's cool. <laughs> you just let me know if that's cool, that you're down with that, that's cool. No, he doesn't have to announce himself, and Jesus was like that. When Jesus came to earth, he didn't have to, like, announce himself to, to the people. They knew who he was, and, and Jesus knew who he was. A lion knows who he is. And Jesus knew who he was. And so like Jesus didn't show up on the scene and say, hello, the Messiah has come. God in flesh is amongst you. Worship me. No, Jesus didn't do that. Jesus walked in humility, and he is the person, obviously, that we want to emulate. We want to reflect our lives after. But he, walking in humility, that's who we're going to look at over the next several weeks. When you look at God's word, the subject of pride is, is talked about time and time again. It says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble, James 4, 6. To not be wise in your own eyes, Proverbs 3, 7. When pride comes, then comes disgrace, Proverbs eleven two. 2. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit. Everyone say a haughty spirit. Haughty spirit. Is that? spirit. Let's be honest. Who had never heard of that word before? Like, I literally just said it. That's more than I thought. Proverbs 16, 18. We can literally look at this entire series and just look at the book of Proverbs, and when we could hang out there the entire time, the Bible says that God detests pride. It says that pride is an abomination to God. So, so God obviously takes it really serious. There's, a, there's an author, his name is C.S. Lewis. Some of you have heard of him. He wrote The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. But he also wrote a book called Mere Christianity. And he wrote about pride, and, and he wrote about how serious it is. And he said this, the essential vice... The utmost evil is pride. Unchastity, anger, greed, drunkenness, and all of that are mere flea bites in comparison. That's a strange way to to say that, I'm just going to be honest. It was through pride that the devil became the devil. Pride leads to every other vice, and it's the complete anti-God state of mind. It is pride which has been the chief cause of misery in every nation and every family since the world began. He also wrote this, pride is spiritual cancer. It eats up the possibility of love, contentment, or even common sense. So we just got out of our Genesis series last week at Live and we talked about how Adam and Eve were in the garden and the serpent came, you guys know the story. So the serpent came and tempted Eve with the apple, right? And Eve was really the first victim of pride that we see in, to, to fall victim to pride in, in God's word. But, but literally, from then on out, we see time and time again, leader after leader, king after king, and, and guys that we call like heroes of our faith, they fall victim to pride over and over and over again. See, because the thing, students, that um, I'm not, I don't think I'm old, I'm 28, is that old? See, some of you just said yes, and some of you said no, so great, Cool. The thing that I've come to believe is that at the root of of every sin in our lives, you could look at, like let's be honest with ourselves. I want you to think about maybe something you're struggling with tonight. You could look at those sins. If you're saying, man, I'm struggling with this, this, and this. You could look at those, whatever that you're struggling with, you could look at that. And at the core of, of whatever that is, at the foundation, most of the time, you will find an issue with pride. And I looked at my own life the past couple of weeks, and God was, um, if I can be honest, really straightforward with me. There's a story in 2 Chronicles, which some of you didn't even know that was a book. That's really okay. It's in the Old Testament. So I want you to go there If you're following along. But I want you to go to 2 Chronicles chapter 26. And we read about a guy named Uzziah. Now Uzziah was the king of Israel. His dad was king before him. And his dad was a total screw up. His dad had totally messed up the kingdom of Israel. Made some really poor choices. And so Uzziah picks up. And we're going to start in verse 3 of chapter 26. 2 Chronicles. It says this. Uzziah was 16 years old when he began to reign. Let's stop right there. Um, Who's 16? Okay, so tomorrow you're gonna be president of the United States. I may know you, you may be a great person. I'm gonna move. I'm not gonna live here. So that's literally what's happening. The, the dude is 16, and he's made king. That's like, this, this is the scenario, just, just so everyone's aware. Like, his mom would come to him and be like, honey, it's time for bed. And he's like, honey, it's time for you to go to the dungeon. <laughs> that, just so everyone's aware, that's like the deal. That's how much power. He is in control of the entire kingdom at 16 years old. It's kind of crazy. Let's keep going. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. According to all his father Amaziah had done, he set himself to seek God, and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. And so he went out and made war against the Philistines, and broke through the walls, and he built cities. Verse 7, God helped him against the Philistines, and against the Arabians, and against the Mananites. The Ammonites paid tribute, tribute to Uzziah, and his fame spread even to the border of Egypt, for he became very strong. So, so here's the first thing that we need to understand about Uzziah tonight. Uzziah was, was put into a position of leadership at, a, at an age he didn't deserve. He didn't deserve that pl- position of leadership, but God put him into it. it. And really from the get-go, God's word tells us that, that Uzziah really set his heart and his mind the way that God had instructed him to. To be humble before him. And that that God was using Uzziah. So things are going well, okay? And then in verse 15 it says, And his fame spread far, for he was marvelously helped. Okay, that's, that's a big part right there. And a lot of times we can just kind of skip over. But there, that's written there for a reason. Because what we're being reminded of when, he's, when it says he is being marvelous, marvelously helped is that God is the one who's orchestrating all of it. Like Uzziah is, is doing great, but God is still the, the puppeteer, if you want to say. He's still working, he's still moving, and he's the one that's using Uzziah for his will. So what do we know? Uzziah was a young dude, and he loved and he served God. And the second thing is that he was incredibly talented. He was really strong, and people followed him people followed him let's keep going and this is where this story takes a shift it takes a turn so things are going really well for Uzziah it says this but when he was strong he grew proud to his destruction for he was unfaithful to the Lord his God and he entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar but Azariah the priest went in after him with 80 priests of the Lord who were men of valor. And they withstood King Uzziah and said to him, It's not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary, for you have done wrong. And it will bring you no honor from the Lord. So, so what has happened? Uzziah had gone into the temple, right? Right? So the temple was a place where where God literally resided, like God literally was in the temple. And the only people that were allowed to go into the temple were the priests, not the king. The king was not allowed to go into the temple. But Uzziah, in his pride, literally said, I'm the king, I can do whatever I want, so I'm gonna go into the temple, just so we're aware what's happening. Let's keep going, Verse 19. Then Uzziah was angry. Now he had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And when he became angry with the priest, leprosy broke out on his forehead in the presence of the priest in the house of the Lord. Just so you're aware, leprosy is a skin disorder. And back then, they thought that if you had leprosy, they thought it was contagious. And so they would literally kick you out of the city. And there would be people that would yell, "Unclean, unclean, unclean." And so that's what has happened. The king has had leprosy break out all over his body right then and there. Verse 21. Or, I'm sorry, verse 19. Then Uzziah was angry, and he broke out with leprosy, verse 21. And King Uzziah was a leper to the day of his death, and being a leper, he lived in a separate house, for he was excluded from the house of the Lord. Verse 21 is a really sad ending to a dude with such a promising life. Like Uzziah had everything going for him. He was serving the Lord. He was humble. He had set his mind and his heart right before God at a young age, which that's a rare thing, students. Like, yeah, I know the dude lived 5,000 years ago, but that's a rare thing for a person who's 16 years old to do is to say, God, I need you, and I will bend my knee to you because I know that your plan is better than mine. Here's the thing. God gave him a platform, and he quickly forgot who he was and who God said he was. And he was banished right then and there. He lived the rest of his life literally outside of the city. The Bible literally goes on to say that, that he died alone. I'm curious, have you, have you ever noticed, let's get, let's get real, have you ever noticed that pride looks nastier on other people than it does on, on yourself? We are quickly and, and so easy to look at other people and say, man, what a prideful, arrogant jerk. I can, we can see that all day long. But it's so hard for us to figure out and see it in our own lives. See, the devil wants us to fall into this trap every. Time that he, he can get us to fall into it. He wants us to fall into the trap because he knows that if we fall into the trap that God can't use us. He can't use a heart that's not humbled before him, at least not to the extent that he wants to. So tonight, here's what I wanna do. As we start this series, we're talking about pride tonight. I think we need to diagnose ourselves and I think we need to be honest. And that's not really a fun thing to do, but I, I want to ask a couple questions. And I want you to, to, to yourself, be really honest with yourself. Because as I looked at these questions in my own life, I felt, like a, I felt like a failure. If I can just be honest with you. And let me say this before I say these questions. Just, if you at the end say like, man, I'm like the worst at all of those. I'm like the biggest failure ever. God still loves you. He he can and still will use you. These are just helpful markers for you to look at your own life and say, man, maybe tonight this is something I really need to deal with. Maybe over the next several weeks as we talk about pride and humility, God, this is something I really need to deal with in my own heart. The first question is this. Do I often see people's faults and forget the good things about them? Do you look at people, in, in, whether it's your friends or your, your family, or, or you insert the blank, do you look at them and if they've, if they've messed up, is that, does that become their identifier? Is that, is that what you label them as? Second thing, do I often speak about other people in a harsh way? with frustration, anger, or judgment. Can I be honest with you guys? That's one I did not like answering in my own life. I know a lot of times I really speak really harshly about people. And God calls me not to. Third question. Do I care a lot about what people think about me and what they say about me? I think if we're all honest, we all care to an extent, right? We all care to an extent. But... Do you care so much that that literally affects who you are? Does that affect you? And the last question is this. Am I usually defensive when someone points out something in me? That one I felt like a total failure at. I felt like a total failure. Because so often I remember myself as a high schooler. I was so defensive, and I can still be so defensive. I can put up my dukes really quickly. So, so the question is, is, so how do we begin to kill this thing called pride? Students, I want you to understand something tonight, and I want every eye on me. The thing that you have to understand is that we, we can't kill sin. Because we're imperfect people, we live in an imperfect world, we're gonna deal with sin until either Jesus comes back or we are standing before him in heaven. So I want you to just be clear about that. I want you to understand that. And the Bible says that, that God will make everything right one day. Because a lot of times we have this false belief in Christianity, and I know I had it, is that, man, if I work hard enough, if I work hard on this sin, that, that if I work hard enough each and every day, that I'll cross it off the list, and then I'll move on to the next thing I struggle with. That's not what having a relationship with Jesus is about. He doesn't look at your life as a checklist. It's saying every day, Lord, whatever I am, I give to you. I humble myself before you and give me grace where I fall short because I will today. Can I be honest with you guys? I did not enjoy putting this message together. I didn't enjoy looking at Uzziah, and I didn't enjoy reading 1 Peter 5 because, again, I felt like the biggest failure. I literally prayed the other day, Lord, wh- what? I-, I shouldn't be teaching them. I-, I shouldn't be the one on the stage talking because I'm the biggest failure in the room. I feel like the-, the biggest prideful, arrogant jerk. So why are you using me? I feel like Paul when he said that he was the chief of sinners. That's what I felt like. I, um, I want to tell you quickly two stories about me growing up that I, I looked back and, and I, I saw myself and I saw pride. Just, it looked really gross. And, and I just, hopefully, me telling you a part of my story will help you kind of understand um, where where I, I want to encourage you guys to be and where God wants you to be tonight. So I... Um, I'm a pastor's kid. My dad is a pastor. And, and everybody knew that growing up. Everybody knew I was the pastor's kid. Like I was supposed to have it all together. If anybody could play the game, I promise you, I can play it better than you. I can play the game really well. My life in junior high and high school things that I said I was at church on Sundays and Wednesdays and whenever was completely different than what my life actually looked like. They were two completely opposite things. I I grew to have such a poor image of myself. I would literally say over and over again that God could never use me, that the apple has fallen too far from the the tree, My dad's a pastor, and I'm a total failure. That's how I looked at myself, that God wouldn't use me and couldn't use me. I, am. whenever I would go to youth group, and the pastor would give an invitation, much like I will just here in a few minutes, I would silently say to myself, almost every time I was at youth group, I would repeat the words after him because it's like I didn't feel like saved enough. And that sounds so stupid saying in front of you guys, to be honest. But I didn't feel like I was like all the way saved. And so I would pray that prayer. I probably prayed that prayer hundreds of times because here's what pride had done in my life. Pride has this weird way we, we know that it's exalting ourselves and, and thinking so much about yourself, but pride also has this weird way of twisting and poisoning your mind to make you think like, God can never use me. I've gone too far, I've messed up too much. God can't and won't use me now because I've already crossed whatever line that is. That's what the enemy wants to tell you. So I would pray that prayer because I didn't feel like I was worthy enough. Or I didn't feel like I was saved enough. I believe that one of you is there tonight. That's the, like one of the first times I've ever told anyone about that. I never told my dad, never told my mom. But I, if, if I can help you and if I can encourage you tonight, if you're there and you feel like you come in here every week and like you need to get re forgiven of your sins, I want to proclaim God's love for you tonight because what God's word tells you and tells us is that He loves you. It's not this transaction system that I will do this, this, and this because I earned it. We can't earn it. You're like, why is this guy yelling? Because I love you guys and I'm passionate. I believe that there's someone maybe there tonight. That you come in here every week and it's just like you're carrying this thousand pound backpack on your back. And I want you to step into freedom tonight. I don't want you to carry around that like I did. I carried that around for a long time. If you have said yes to Jesus, if you would call yourself a believer, a Christian, I want you to understand it's done what Christ did on the cross, it's over. And if you said yes to him, God's work in you to save you is done. Now he's not done with you yet, he's still gonna work on you. But if I can encourage any of you tonight, I want to. Second thing is, um, a lot of you know, I get to lead the thing we call Beach Tree. And uh, <laughs> I love, whenever you say Beech Tree, it's like. Mm. So I get to lead beach Retreat. And the first couple of years that I would lead beach Retreat, I, I know it was just them being nice, but people would come up to me and be like, man, you're such a rock star, such a rock star. And I hated it. I hated when people told me that. Because saying that in front of you tonight feels like poison coming out of my mouth. That is not what I'm interested in. I am interested in this. I am interested in making much of Jesus and nothing of myself because I know I have nothing to offer in and of myself. Bread Highstead has nothing to offer you. We have nothing to offer anyone and we have nothing to offer to God but but God still loves us and he came for us and he accepts you exactly the way that you are tonight